Hey there, folks. I uh, wanted to take a quick minute to talk to you about Anchor. Anchor, in our opinion, is the easiest way to make a podcast today. First off, it's free, and we obviously like that. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your computer or even your smartphone. They distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on all the big name streaming services, talking Spotify, Apple Podcasts, a bunch more, all the places you listen to our podcast. You can generate money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So if you are getting into podcasts or it's something that interests you, then download the free Anchor app today or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey there, folks, and welcome to the uh, Two Loud Adams podcast, uh, another recording session with uh, Adam and myself. Indeed, it's been a little bit of a uh, time and distance getting back to the mic, but here we are ready to go over the uh, past two games. Past two games. So if you're joining us, um, you know, on your podcasting, on on whatever you're listening to, maybe on your drive to work or your commute uh, to your home office, whatever you're doing these days, um, we definitely welcome you. We're recording on a Tuesday night right now, the 22nd of June. Um, and, and for those of you that are Patreon supporters to us, we, we definitely appreciate you guys. You, you'll have uh, early access to this episode and it will be in video format. So you'll be able to see our two ugly mugs, um, <laughs> you know, and all that glory um, via the, the Patreon um, page. So if you're not Stay Patreon, tuned for our spinoff, two ugly mugs, two ugly mugs, two loud atoms. <laughs> um very ugly. No, yeah. So if you're not a Patreon supporter, check us out um, on there. And, and you know, certainly we're not asking for contributions, but if you are so compelled to do so, we we appreciate um, funding uh, this this hobby that has become a little more than a hobby for the two of us. So either way, yeah. let's talk. Uh, let's talk loud. And we got some games to, to cover. We've got two games that just happened. Um, who do we had first? We had uh, we had Loudon versus the Tampa Bay Rowdies heading all the way down to uh, Florida land oh. of. Uh, Rowdians, Rowd and uh, can they say Rowd and uh, <clears throat> unified because that feels like uh, taking off of us, but anyways, there, yeah, they are, they certainly are united though down there. Um, big fan base, Al Lang Stadium, yeah. um, it is a fortress to be reckoned with, and it's a very good team too. Um, Tampa Bay, for those of you that don't know, um, this is a lot, this was a lot like kind of going into the New Mexico game. This is a powerhouse, this is a big giant team. Um, they are considered in power rankings, or at least at the time of the matchup, they were the number one team in the USL championship. Um, yep. they, they had the largest or longest startup of wins um, of any team in, in the history of Loudon, or excuse me, in the USL championship. Uh, it, it, it was, it was, they're, they're on a streak and they're, they're on fire. Um, but we have a streak of our own against them. Uh, we've never lost to them up until um, spoiler alert until we played this game. Yeah, yes. we, we had played them twice before, one tie, <laughs> one win. Um, that one win came on that end of the 2019 season when it was a uh, an absolute just thriller um, finish to the inaugural season. But yeah, oh, yeah. Um, so we showed up to, to their house and tell us what happened, Adam. Well, we socked them in the face like the first four or five minutes of the game. Uh, yeah. Seriously. Yeah. An amazing pass from Paz again, gave the ball to Dan bro, who was streaking on the other side of the goal. And uh, he uh, slid it in past Laurel for that uh, first call. And suddenly we yeah. were off to the races. Absolutely. 
Um, I mean, this is an all-around, like, fully capable team. They, they're defending right now very well, and they are um, obviously scoring tons of goals. But, man, that was that was terrible defending on Tampa yeah. Bay's part. Yeah, they, but and also, think, you know, Loudon, as the commentators kept saying, they just had too much talent to be in the current spot in the standings where they are, the uh, seller. Yeah. So you knew that you knew that they were motivated to get out and prove that they were more than their record. And Tampa needed to wake up because they thought they're they're already the top dogs, granted for good reason. But <clears throat> it was great to see when Dambro hit it home. I thought, hey, we might actually have a shot this time. To take some points, certainly. Yeah. yeah. Um and, and what you said is exactly true. You know, we are currently at the bottom of the league, maybe even last in points, maybe not. I'm not sure. I don't have the standings up right now. And and we don't even need to acknowledge whether we are or not. But um, we've got games in hand and all of that. It, it, but we're a team that is performing um, at actually a rather high level. We're just not, not obtaining points. We're not finishing. Um, you know, we're getting all sorts of chances created and everything, but just not finishing opportunities. Um and you, you see that happen all the time at the pro level. You see it happen. I mean, at every level actually, but um, it, it is certainly unfortunate. And uh, I think that Tampa Bay rolling into Al Lang was an example of them going, ah, eh, this is just a sleeper team, whatever, no big deal. And we punched him in the mouth real early. Yep. And um, it, it took almost the full 90 minutes for them to recover. And then, uh, you know, put a, put a second one past us, in which case taking all a very resilient team, taking mm-hmm. all three points. Um, but there yeah. were there were a few scares throughout the match, especially from Adebayo Smith, who uh, kept finding uh, little breaks in the defense and uh, challenging. Though for whatever miracle, he wasn't able to get it on goal, including one that was practically a sitter. Yeah, that I could have probably kicked in, and uh, he just completely missed that one. Yeah, and, and they were without their big goal scorer. Um, I, I would. I would say Kyle Murphy, but he's no longer with them. Um, oh, he was he was last year, but yeah. um, old they, heads for Loudon will remember that one. That's right, yeah. Uh, but but yeah, Adebayo Smith, he was definitely um, a, a threat, but he's not their normal number nine. I think that um, him and, and Gonzadi kind of were, were switching an attack. Um, I can't off the top of my head think of the individual who, who did um, who, who was injured for that game, or they were arresting him of whatever, but. Um, it was actually, I believe, was it Foster Langsdorf uh, who, who came off the bench and, and punished yeah, Langsdorf the came off the bench at, in he's the second a, half. He's a, a, a Minnesota United um, loanee or recent transfer, one of the two. I'm not sure, um, but he was a he was a big move that that Tampa Bay was able to secure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm pretty sure, and um, yeah, it paid off. I mean, he he's he came in there and and. Uh, and definitely punished us. He, he, he was on Minnesota's roster very recently. Oh yeah. Um, I and think and I Palmeiras that. as well, but so, yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. Gonzadi was able to get one across near the later part of the first half. Uh, yeah. And, and then, yeah, Langsdorf, as you said, came off the bench and put it across in the 85th minute. <laughs> um, yeah. So um, let's talk about, the performances and, and some of the other aspects. I, I mean, so off the bat, I mean, we're going to talk about some of the people maybe who stood out and, and, and we've got our own little system that we kind of use um, to determine how we grade and, and look at the performances for players. Um, and then we average out like the, the, the performances for the team and whatnot. It's something we kind of touch on 
week in and week out. Um, to give you a little like method methodology of how it works, I mean, you know, a point or a negative point for a good play or a bad play. Um, you know, two and negative two for very good. You know, very bad. And it go. It continues to move up like that. You know, losing four points from giving up goals. Um, assists to three points, so so on and so forth. It you know, and, and there's there's all all levels to it. But our, our methodology is not soundproof. Uh, is that that makes that's, that, that, that I think it's it's not, not sound foolproof. foolproof. Yeah, it's not sound. That's what you're um, looking it's not, for. It's not there. We it's go. of well, course not soundproof because then you, why are you listening to this podcast? Welcome, no welcome to the mute button. Yeah, welcome <laughs> to the Two Loud Adams podcast, people. <laughs> um, so it's not sound, um, but it is it is working in the sense that we. Um, do talk about it uh, at least so um our, our with all that said our man of the match doesn't always line up with with the, the juicy man of the match that you may see um from the team you know they may go with the goal scorer um I'll, I'll tell you right now at least my man of the match um with all these numbers crunched was not Robbie Dambro even though he did he did get that great uh mm-hmm. early goal um which will be a yeah. prolific goal on the season as, as things stand right now but Nonetheless, it was did not secure any points. Um, not that we hold that against him, but just he didn't have the best uh, performance on the team compared to others. But some 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 standouts. Um, Ted Cudi Pietro, TKD. Let's talk about him for a second. He he wasn't man of the match, um, but he, he also he, he's. I'm not very critical of, of TKD on a regular basis. Oh I, yeah, I think he's yeah he's a stellar player. Um, we're so lucky to have him, and he plays years beyond his his um his age. But he's not very good at defending. Um, it's not his 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 fortissimo. And I think that um you see in this game, and then we'll mention it again also for the next game, the Hartford game, that he, he he's being put in this kind of right wing back position. Um, and yeah. I think it exposes him. It exposes the deep exposes his weaknesses. Um, exposes the defenses and it kind of quiets him a little bit. He doesn't get to, you don't see these plays you see as often from him. Although you did see this run at one point. I, I mean, when the 34th or the 39th minute or something like that, he yeah. had this run and I oh, just barely missed the bottom right. Um, yeah. Even the commentators were briefly oh. thought he scored a goal until it turned out. No, it was actually outside the net. Oh, he was Eden Hazard there for a minute on the goal. It was on the field. <laughs> yeah. He was amazing. It was just one of but, the most yeah. amazing, um, Talented runs. I mean, he that, made them look like children. That also ties um, in another question I had. What did you think of the three-four-three that they trotted out uh, in the game? Though they've been playing with that for a while now. Oh. Um, that's been pretty common. Uh, I, I think that, with the exception of some formation changes, that's been the starting formation that we've had almost every game. Maybe with the exception of one, if I can recall, um, offhand. But it's been it's been that three center back thing. It, this was this was, I believe, Robbie Dambro's first uh, offing at. Uh, one of those three center back roles, but uh, like I like you'll see, um, you know, Timmy Mel holds that central one, and he kind of hunkers down um, that back line. But both both the Shields and Dambro are kind of offered opportunities to move forward um, and, and and flex the the midfield a little bit. Um, even so much so as Dambro was found himself in the box on that 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 counter. Um, but I, I think that that also requires the wingbacks to be aware and, and to drop either wider or, or, or whatever when that happens. And it exposes them on counters um, and, and even maybe set plays too. But um, I, I, the formation, your question, I love it. I, I think that's one of my favorite formations right now. It, it allows for a lot of attacking, oppor- attacking opportunities. Um, the biggest flaw in it is it requires those wingbacks to be extremely well-conditioned and able to come back and participate in the, the 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 work of defending, which is not easy work, right? But 
Um, but Nicky Downs had a, had a good game. I, I think he has been incrementally better um, as the season goes on. I think maybe his his best game was Charleston, um, but only by a smidge. Tampa was a good game he had. Um, he has only done more and more to impress me and show me why they signed him from Hartford mm-hmm. um, since that first game. Because the Miami game, I thought it was atrocious. I thought, I, yeah. I was, Absolutely I agree with that one. I think I've mentioned that every podcast. Sorry, Nick. <laughs> um, it's you scared Sorry, me, Nikki. man. You scared me. You're doing great. Uh, Jeremy Gray was awesome. He was still he was still who he is. Um, you know, he, he is who we thought he was. Uh, it, it's almost like we we just expect him to be greatness out there, and that's not even yeah. fair to him. Um, and Barry Sharifi got a start alongside uh, Paz and Bolivar. That's right. He did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what were your thoughts on him? Let's see here. I gave him. Granted, he was only in there for the first half of the match. So I don't know if it was an issue with conditioning or that, he, you know, he is still kind of coming back from that. Uh, I think it was a meniscus tear. Yeah. But, uh, you know, he did. He did a decent job. Nothing groundbreaking, but also nothing terrible. That's right. Yep. Yeah, and and I'm I'm looking at the wrong lineups now. I can I can own up to that. Um, yeah, <laughs> Dambro was on the wing back role um, in that that game. He played the the, the center back spot against Hartford. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. so that's what threw me off about the the Sharifi comment. Yeah, Sharifi did play the first half, and I thought he was fine. Um, created some opportunities. wasn't 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 anything too miraculous. But you can't expect too much of someone who just literally tore their knee at wide open. Um, yeah. So, I think we can give him time. Make it sound gory. <laughs> oh, I mean, I don't, I don't think that you know he'd want it to sound any less. I mean, I'm sure it's, it's not, yeah. it's not a fun thing to mess your knee but up yeah. like that. Yeah. As a guy who's you know also had a torn meniscus surgery, solidarity. Oh, jeez, oh, man, yeah, I'm yeah. very lucky. Back in that like I don't. 2016, 2017, something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's not super emergency, but at the same time, it doesn't get better until you get surgery. So. Not to mention what was it, like six to eight weeks of rehab, and unlike uh, unlike Barry, I didn't have the uh, you know I don't play profession sports as a professional, nor do I have that uh, awesome training staff. Uh, so, but I was able to recover from it in roughly a few in a couple months. Well, so, I'm not jealous of that. Yeah. Um, try uh, try I, not I, to I, get try not to tear your meniscus is all I'm saying. <laughs> Yeah, fair enough. I'll, I'll <laughs> my knees are bad enough already. Um, sorry, go on. A, a couple other comments I just want to have on this game, you know, before we do, you know, name our, our man of the match uh, performance. Uh, I think Bolivar had a great game. Uh, maybe his best, maybe yet. No, I can't say the campaign. I think he played really well against Pittsburgh. Um, I think he played. Uh, I think he played really well against Hartford as and well. Don't forget the, the time where he's actually we scored that rocket against New Mexico. Um, that's right. He he scored. I, I, I he placed the ball very accurately. I, I don't yeah. call it a rocket. Um, like Andreas Christensen scored a rocket for Denmark. That's <laughs> a you know wh- who who do we have last year? Who was our number seven last year? Um, who plays for Rio Grande right now? Uh, Elvis uh, Mo. He scored Elvis, a rocket against Hartford. Yes. Yeah, that that's a rocket. Um, but anyways, anyways. Logan Pancho even had a, a rocket against Pittsburgh, but whatever. He, he had a great goal, and he's had he's con- he's continuing to be our leading goal scorer. I thought he had a really good game against um, Tampa. Um, my only criticism, I don't know if it's against him or not, is I don't think he looks comfortable as a striker, and I don't think uh, Sergi is is necessarily. Um, I think he may be in a little bit in his head. I think 
Um, he kind of needs to get a little more comfortable himself. But but I just see Bolivar, and he, he strays from I, I, what the normal. Maybe he's more being told to kind of play like a false nine and kind of wander out. But it's leaving empty spaces that are not occupied by Loudon jerseys inside the box when crosses are coming in because we are putting crosses into the box. Um, it's funny because I thought that it would be better for him to play up top with pause behind him. Do you think I, it would be better if the, those roles were switched? No, I, I think that he, I think he's our number nine. Um, I think he's in the right position. I, I just wish that maybe we had an opportunity to get somebody else in as well to, to just kind of light a fire, fire, mm-hmm. fire under him and, and Sammy's butts. Um, yeah. uh, maybe that could be someone like, um, who's the Estonian, uh, you know, fellow that DC. Eric Sorga. Yeah, maybe someone like an Eric Sora or maybe even a Kamarni Smith. He's got some speed to him and, and some finishing ability. If they can get out of, you know, the injury funk that the entire DC United organization is under right now. <laughs> um, I, I Something like that would just offer maybe a more clear-cut um, striking opportunity. Yeah. Outside of Sergei, though, I'm not entirely sure who fits that. Nobody role as a primary striker. Nobody. I mean, it would require a formation change and maybe putting yeah. either Farron or a Mustafa or even Paz into kind of that false nine who hangs back more of a center forward and not a striker. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just not, it's not an ideal situation. You want big bodies in there. Um, but so I, I just say that I, I, it's not a criticism of him. Cause I think he's playing really well. I just don't know if he, um, you just don't think it's his primary role. No, I, well, I don't think he's comfortable in it. At least maybe, maybe that's the best way of putting it. I, I think it is his primary role. I think he knows how to do it. He's just, um, it's just a little different. Um, and a couple of other comments, the the team early on seemed gassed. It may have been the trip. Um, it may have been the heat, the Tampa heat, but oh, yeah. um, the, the commentators noted a couple of times that they looked really tired. And that's, that's an unfortunate thing to hear because of the type of play that um, both uh, coach Martin and, and, and uh, coach Lasada try to implement um, really requires yeah. some fitness um yeah i i also got to mention I, I don't talk about timmy mel enough uh, i think that guy is just a stud uh, i think he is better than i give him credit for i don't know if i need to change like the mechanisms of my um my methodology and what i've done the past like season and a half two seasons but mm-hmm. man he doesn't he doesn't get the, the the due credit so tim here it is right here well done um you're i mean you're a stalwart of that back line uh, we need you um, and he was the captain for this match. He's been so. the captain all season, I think, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, Pretty much. We're still wondering where Michael Gamble is. I think he's in witness yeah. protection or something. I have that every every episode underlined, where the hell is Michael <laughs> Gamble? Um, so, uh, yeah. Yeah, but so. fair, fair. But um, Keegan Meyer did great in goal. Um, we've got, just like every other season, you know, We've got great goalkeeping. Um, it's either being coached impeccably or whatever. Because I mean, Simon Lefebvre was amazing, and he's not even being—he's not even on the bench for Louisville right now. Yeah. So I don't know if they're being coached great or what, but he's—he's um, he's done great. He—he he played twice, and then they put Forda back in, in, in Hartford. Um, it's just awesome play. Um, and then the last thing I have to comment on is there, there seemed to be confusion on, on some of the, the counters on like who players should mark. I think that's kind of yeah. how that first goal was allowed was maybe some pointing. Um, yeah. Those three, the three defenders were kind of yeah. just caught flat footed at the same time. And uh, when uh, it was like, not Gonzatti, my man, not my man. Yeah, when Gonzati snuck behind them on that uh, cross and, 
that was that. Yeah, and it, and it could have easily been cleaned up in other places, but yeah, you just have to wonder, like, um, is that is that also maybe because they were so gassed or or what? Maybe there there's some intricacies in in marking that's being um hammered in, but that was that was a bit of disappointment. But yeah. uh, man of the match, I gotta say, even though we lost, this is a rarity. Um, it it went to uh, a defender, and that was um Mister Mike DeShield. So I think that he had an amazing amazing game. Um, just didn't really make many mistakes. I think he made one, um, that I, that I dinked him for, but, uh, an overall good performance. Um, he hasn't made many mistakes on the season. Honestly, he gave up a penalty that was kind of against, uh, who was that maybe Pittsburgh, but, um, yeah, I, I thought he was, he was our man of the match. Uh, I mean, which is great. We're spreading it out unintentionally. Um, you know, last year at this point, uh, I feel like Cairo was running away with man of the matches, maybe even TKD. But um, well, at this point, last year, we were all locked down in COVID. But at this point, maybe yeah. the season. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, so it's good to see. But at the same time, it's a little weird because nobody has um, nobody yet has had a man of the match twice. Um, so also, that's... Mustafa didn't play in this one, did he? He, he did not play this one or the Charleston one. He came off the bench in Hartford, and that's because yeah, – We'll get to that was, in a moment. But yeah, um, well, we can just hit it now. So I think we're done oh, with Tampa. Um, all right, but, yeah, yeah because he was he was where? Uh, he was with uh, Knight Niger as they were uh, doing their qualifiers for the uh, World Cup. No, not qualifiers. They were no, just friendlies. Qualifiers. Just so qualifiers friendlies. start in sorry, September. Sorry. But he will um, ideally be a part of the um, qualifiers starting in September. Yeah. Um, and I forgot who's in their group. I believe one or two of the teams they played are in their group, um, which is very significant. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not to say anything against. I mean, these these are friendlies, but they're still this is still the international rosters. All mm-hmm. the stars were all out there. Um, I don't know much about, and we we talked a little bit about this before. And we don't know exactly if he got any play time. We know that one of the games he did not. He was on the bench, um, unused. But um, something we can look into. And, also, and maybe, um, yeah. just. Uh... Thought I'd mention, you know, Michael DeShields might get called up with the Trinidad team if he's still oh. in the mood, but uh, nothing's confirmed yet. Well, that's awesome. I mean, he did get, before the season started, he got a call up, but something happened. I don't know if it was injury or it's I didn't feel like it, and he just didn't make the uh, game day roster when they called him up for a friendly against the United States uh, national team. I'm still a little bit um, butthurt about Trinidad and Tobago uh, beating our our, our yeah. um and knocking us out of the the world the <laughs> World Cup contention in 20 was it 17 um yeah so this is my own um hurt hurt feelings but uh yeah that's awesome man that's great if he gets that call up that's so great there yeah. are I mean people don't realize this there's plenty of players across the USL Championship and even the USL League One that get called up to international um roster spots uh, all across the world um it would not surprise me he's awesome um and it would be cool to see him and get in there um, yeah the gold cup um so let's talk about the gold cup but let's do it after let's hit the hartford game i think we can talk about it just really briefly um yeah so i know that so you were away at um a family gathering and i was actually gone um for a wedding up <laughs> in new york um so both of us didn't get to watch the game in real time yeah. Um, you know, that's why Twitter was quiet up until probably Monday or so. Uh, got a lot of thoughts about this game though, because we had a chance to t- look back and, and watch it. Mm-hmm. Um, so lineup was like we were saying, pretty much the same. You've seen Jacob Green take up that left wing position, wing back position. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and Dambro sliding into that center back. You got Nicky Downs and Jeremy Gray. That seems to be the midfield partnership. Love it. I'm liking Nicky Downs more and more every game. I'll say it again. Um, Florida back in goal. Big moves. I think that that's that's awesome. I don't know why he was out because he's been playing great. But hey, um, I think Keegan Meyer also did a great job to to fight for his spot as well. Um, and then yeah. the partnership up top that I think that we liked, which is a slight formation change at least at the the top, which is more of like two center forwards, you know, supporting, um, supporting the attack. And that was Bolivar and Dar Luis Paz um, with Farron sitting kind of behind him. Um, so. Yeah, I mean, I think that overall, a lot of good performances. Um, yeah, and that uh, early goal, though. So, yeah, yet again, um, uh, you know, this isn't at least the theme for every game like it was uh, last season. But, yeah, we let in an early goal. Yeah, I saw, granted, I only saw the highlights. I don't know if there was anything else building up to it other than that quick counter that just – you know, took a deflection off a Loudon defender and uh, yeah, not a ton over Florida. Not so a ton I guess, what's happening. Yeah, it's just you know, it just seems like incredibly bad luck there. Yeah, they they had their chances early on. Um, I think they had a pretty good chance. I think a little bit before that as well, but I didn't 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 finish it. And mm. um, it was one of those. It was kind of a little back and forth. We weren't really dominant at that point. Uh, I think it took that that to really wake us up. Um. But yeah, I mean, it was it was uh, it was it was hard fought first half. Uh, we we owned possession, uh, we owned the majority of the chances. Um, it, it kind of felt like a Miami game, you know, the Miami game where we were up a man. Um, we just weren't finishing things. Uh, had some changes in the first half. Uh, I mean, Florida also had an amazing save. Uh, absolutely awesome stuff. Mm-hmm. Um. But let's see here. I mean, Ted, could he PHO TKD out in that right wing back position? Same thoughts I had about him um, against Tampa. I, I don't think he, he, I don't think defending is his, uh, his, his best skill set. Um, I, I don't think he, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not saying because he's an amazing, amazing uh, baller, but I just kind of, I, I think that the, the areola experience, experiment of him in that right wing back position probably, I would I'd pass up on it um, and and use him where he's he's more lethal and yeah. like attacking midfield roles or even those forward wing wing positions. Um, Asimo Farron had an awesome game. I, I've got I got a note here to mention that I think he had a great great game. Um, really, just didn't make any mistakes. Uh, you know, he got subbed off pretty early in the second half, so we really didn't get to see him. Um, create uh, as many chances I think he was able to, but I think had he had that full ninety-minute game, he's he would have been an easy man of the match, um, you know, contender. Um, Nikki Downs, uh, for the first time since the Miami game, I think had a had a pretty bad game. That that wasn't terrible. It wasn't like like the Miami game, but it was it was it was a little bit back. I think it was a step mm-hmm. backwards. Um, a little so bit. Was it was it a matter of missed chances or? something else it, it was a slop, sloppy passing um i think he got winded pretty early um yeah and just didn't seem to kind of like open space up for for his his um teammates and i think that that it may have been you know you know he's been used a lot those midfield roles take a lot of running um especially when you're playing like a formation like these three four threes um and so i think coach martin identified that you know first thing in the first half 
and at halftime made that sub and threw uh threw our boy Kairu back into the mix coming off of international mm-hmm. duty. Um and Kairu was Kairu. Um, for an entire half, he was an attacking option that either forced the defense to have to reckon with him because of his speed, or we were able to drive the ball through him. Um, but but seeing Paz on on the left and him on the right, it, it, it it's it's a nice balancing act that we didn't see last year, and we'll, you'll see like a lot of um, you'll see opportunities start start you know driving down the left side of the field, not always the right because. You know, there's so much focus on on Kairu. They have to mark him. They cannot leave him untouched. Um, so that was awesome to to yeah. see. Um, Combine that with Green and uh, yeah, and you can open up a lot more opportunities on the left side there. Heck yeah, absolutely. Um, Dan Bro, great game. Uh, Timmy Mel, another another great game. Uh, you know, on the defensive side though, uh, another early sub was was Owen Walls. I think he came on for mike the shields i imagine um, that's are you sure that oh yeah n- yep. never mind sorry no, sorry i was no, looking at the okay. wrong list go on no you're totally fine um i did the same thing last game so uh, yeah owen yeah, walls just came trying on. to make you feel better that's right i appreciate it <laughs> uh, so owen walls came on also that was another halftime sub i i, I hate um halftime subs but i i understand them tactically mm-hmm. the tactics of them when when you're down you know i kind of want like you, you're looking in that locker room and they're looking at everybody's like kind of like where they're at you know physically you're like well they're getting a 15 minute rest throw them back out there you know see if they can go for another five or ten minutes see how the other team tactically tactically you know lines up and then make those decisions but those were two great great subs uh both had major impacts owen walls in that right center back position i'm saying that because there's three center back roles um where the shields was he was awesome he was a perfect stopgap um I, I he played one game earlier in the season didn't impress um maybe it was the new york game and uh this game he was awesome man he was at times the best center back that we had um composed strong um absolutely obliterated this this other kid uh when they both went up for a header uh, unfortunately it added a ton of stoppage time which could have potentially been what uh maybe gave away Oh, well. Goal, but something else gave away the goal, and we'll talk about that. Um, <clears throat> Landry came on, had a good game. <clears throat> the penalty in the what was it like 78th minute or whatever? Yep. Um, after Yakubo, apparently, uh, I think it was, I hope I'm saying his name right, Yakubo yep. got caught uh, hitting the ball with his arm, yeah, and, it, and he did, and it was weird because he like also like put his hand up to like cry for handball, like as if like it wasn't him. Um, but no VAR, so I, mean, I guess you might as well try it. Um, <laughs> you know, so hey, but Bolivar was was our point man. He he st- he stepped up and calmly slotted it to the right uh, of the goalkeeper, and um, it it wasn't because of that. But I will say Bolivar got the nod um, for man of the match for this game. Um, it's I, I I'm not the kind of person that it's like well because he scored the goal he has to get it. Um, I mean, Bolivar scored the, scored the winning match, the the winning goal for the New Mexico game, and uh, Jermaine Forda got that one. I think Jermaine Forda had the best performance of any player of the season so far in that game with the amount of saves he had. Right. But bring it back um, to this one. Uh... But yeah, but but he scored that goal and um, got got his his man of the match, his first man of the match. Um, and eighty uh, seventh minute, what happened? Well, apparently there was a huge thunderstorm and uh, the field was cleared for how long was it? 30, 40 minutes? It was almost an hour. 
It was almost, almost an hour. hour. It was almost a full hour. It was like 50 minutes. I thought they would have just, you know, at that point, why not just end it in one-to-one? So um, I have strong opinions about things like this and, you know, all the time about the league and decisions and whatnot. And I rarely ever express them on this podcast because I want to be rather neutral. But I'll tell you right now, that was the wrong decision. And if anybody from the USL Championship is listening to this show right now, you guys got it wrong. That referee got it wrong. Whoever they called and asked, if they didn't, they did that wrong. But that was the wrong decision. This is not cricket. This is not baseball or curling. These are these are conditioned athletes. And to put your body in a way that is capable of running for 90 minutes, then resting for an hour, and then going back at it, that is dangerous. It is. It does not have the player's best interest in mind. Um, it, it, it is hazardous. And, and for what? It was there, we were in the 87th, 88th minute, I think, actually, um, yeah. for, with five minutes of stoppage time. Are you kidding me? Um, of course someone scored a goal. I mean, my gosh, if it had been us that scored the goal, this would have been a much bigger deal because Hartford, who's in contention, and you know, I think got jumped into second or third place with this 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 win, um, mm. would have been you know poo-pooing, but it was just you know the those idiots at the bottom of the table. Uh, man, I was so so mad when I was watching the replay to see how long that lightning delay was. It's just, I tell you, even if this was a baseball game, they would in the in the eighth inning or the ninth inning, they'd have called it off. They'd have said, ah, the score stands, you know. My gosh, it's, it was it, it was Bush League, Bush League, absolutely despicable. And yeah, that's sorry. That's um, I'm going to call it like it is. Yeah, no, no arguments for me here on that. So um, well, we end up. It would have been cool if we could have seen like a Dragon Stoyakovic thing where somebody just dribbles it across a muddy pitch with just uh, keeping it in the air with their foot. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, they have. There's a. Uh, there's a semi-obscure soccer reference for those of you but uh yeah look it up dragon stoyakovic who did this in the uh, japanese j league well it went over my head but um i Sorry. can still appreciate it i, I don't know i don't hit it at all um well yeah so they score in the 95th minute with with five minutes to stop time i mean it was it was, it was crock crap um but it is what it is and here we are um and so we 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 notch another L onto the the, yeah. the column of six losses on the season, one win, no draws, um, and, and that's where we're at. You know, we got two games in hand on the majority of the rest of our division, so no no huge big deal. But um, it's getting late early, as my dad would say. It's getting late early. Yeah, got a long season to go. We are not even we're not even a, a, a third of the way through. So, yeah. and I believe our next. Uh, Matchup is against Charleston and their home at Patriots Point. Yeah, so next game is against Charleston. Um, then we got a couple of home games in a row. I think three in a row. Um, and 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 for those who are interested, I think the watch party for that the the Loudon Stampede watch party is going to be at Loudon Brewing. Um, so if you're interested in going to that on Saturday, check it out. Um, mm-hmm. But I just want to make a note real quick on the team that you know it's not said enough. I think we tweeted about it this week. This team is 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 not how do i best say this i mean they, they are a take, good take a deep team. breath yeah they're they're a good team this is a good team that we've got um i think it's probably the best team that we've ever assembled even though they're not performing like everybody always talks about the end of the 2019 season when we were toppling giants um as they were all already qualified for the playoffs but this yeah, is yeah. probably the best team that we've we've got assembled and, and it's not the points that they're obtaining do not accurately represent the talent that's on it. We are we are 
top of the league in many statistics, opportunities created and, and all this, you know, not number one in the league, but, you know, we're top, top five, top 10. Jeremy Gray's is running crazy pass percentage numbers, numbers all the time. Um, Bolivar with his shots and opportunities. Gray again with his, you know, his, his, his um, attacking opportunities. Logan Pancho's top, you know, top near top of the league, like sixth in the league for crosses. This is a, a good team, man. It's a good team. We only lose games by a goal. It's heartbreaking crap, you know, week after week. So, yeah. you know, the staff. Every, every single loss is just one goal. Yeah. Everyone also knows a win it. Man. For that matter, but go on. Every time we leave a field, the other team knows it. So yeah. I, I, you know, I tweeted this out earlier this week. If, if, if the players don't know it, you need to know it too. Yeah. You are a good team. You guys, this, this will shake. It, it will shake out. You're going to, you're going to start racking in wins. You're not finishing the season with one win. It's not happening. You know, not with this kind of talent. So it just takes that inciting moment. Let it be Charleston, you know, get your boys fired up, you know, shake them, shake them around right before you go out there on the pitch. Um, but anything can happen. It, we've showed We've got great teams in this this little division that we're in with Tampa, yeah. Pittsburgh, Hartford. These are good damn teams, and we have taken every single one of them to the wire. None of them are sweeping us. It's not happening. Yeah. So, um, I had to say that. Uh, and 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 here, we'll here. put away Hartford. Yeah, we'll put away Tampa. Uh, onward to Charleston. Um, and then we've got some other games. We've got Pittsburgh, uh, another hard for game. We got Miami. Miami's leading goal scorer is own goals. Like they have eight players who've scored <laughs> on their team, and all of them all have one goal. And their leading goal scorer is own goals. One of them was was our own um we'll head back way, but we'll forget about that. Um, so we got we got some opportunities to take some points home. Um, we want to know where Michael Gamble is. Uh, if you've seen him. Maybe he's on a milk carton somewhere. We'd love to know. <laughs> um, but but speaking of probably him training at DC United, um, we got some DC United news before we uh, before we cut loose for the, the evening. Yeah, we got uh, several uh, players who got called up. At least the preliminary roster for the Concacaf Gold Cup. Preliminary roster. So that's the roster that happens before the final, like the final twenty-three man roster that's announced to actually play. It means that they're they're all training together, being eyed by Greg Berhalter, who's the U.S. men's national team, like you know, overall coach. There's a big a big list. I will say that. Yeah, I think just, something like sixty players got yeah. selected to it. So take it with a grain of salt. But it means that these are players that are on the the they're on the radar of mm-hmm. Greg Berhalter. Some names. Donovan Pines is one of them, right? I'm yeah. sure you're about to list the names, but he's already been on the radar. We know, we know that he's, yeah. uh, but he's also an amazing center back. Um, so we get that. But who else we got on there? We also got Kevin Paredes. Paredes, might, okay. You might recognize and uh, Moses Nyman, mm-hmm. which is a little bit of a surprise. But uh, the few times he's been gotten playing time in DC United, he's impressed quite a few people. Well, all three of them have. These are. This tells me that the experiment that is Loudon United, all three of these players, you know, cut their teeth at Loudon. Donovan Pines only got yeah. a game or two here, had an amazing game for us um, when he did play. Yeah. All three of these players, though, they cut their teeth in Loudon at, at Segra or Audi for Loudon. You know, mm-hmm. um, this tells me that the the DC United experiment that was Loudon United is working. It's doing what it's supposed to do. Um, they're getting talent through the ranks into um into the black and red and and now that's being recognized at the international level and i cannot express enough how important that is um 
Burhalter has is is noted for for finding youth. Um, he likes young teams. He's trying to find the, those those next worldies, those next world you know um, superstars, the the Matthew Hoppies of the world and whatnot. Um, but he's looking at DC United. He's looking at former Loudon United players. He even they they've even brought up a couple times. Um, plays out for Wolfsburg now, but uh, who's the kid that played for us in 2019? Um, oh shoot. It'll come Griffin, to me. It'll come to me once Griffin, we. Once yeah. we no, not Griffin. Yeah, no, he plays out in Wolfsburg now. Anyhow, um, oh, yeah. this will be if they all Brian get up. Kyle. Brian Ko, yeah, that's right. Yeah, he um, plays for the Wolfsburg side now. He plays with, like the youth side, but nonetheless, he's gotten a couple call ups. I mean, this is now four names that have worn Loudoun United jerseys that are all called up and and are going to be. Um, representing at some level maybe not on the big stage but at some level the u.s men's national team that's awesome that's huge news so and yep and hopefully they get to play alongside uh mainstays and paul ariola and bill hamid who also got called up heck yeah and uh, who knows maybe we see tkd up there in the future maybe great Maybe we do. Uh, I mean, I, I, I could see it. He's, he's awesome. I, I think that him, I think Jeremy Gray is another name, um, but I, I don't know. Yeah. Um, you know, they're, they're going to come through DC first. It's, it's, they, they have yeah. to come through DC first. But DC well. has had their eye on Gray reportedly. So we'll, of course, so they do. who knows? He's, he's a, a, a walking stat line. Sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. I guess yeah, that's right. it for this one. That works for me. Um, just quick, quick episode, not as long as the normal hour, but I uh, didn't have a ton to cover. Um, yeah, if you're not, if you haven't yet, check out the, um, the, one of the watch parties, you know, come to this Charleston one for, um, Loudon Brewing Company. If you're not following us on social media, check us out on social. We're on there and, um, look at us on Patreon too. And consider, consider contributing if it, if it's something that, you know, you feel open to, but, uh, that's all. I think that's all yeah. for tonight. And that's all for the two ugly mugs or excuse me, two loud Adams. That's As right. always, I'm, I'm Adam and Delavitz. And I'm Adam Davis. Stay loud and united. Cheers, folks. The Two Loud Adams podcast is proudly sponsored by the Loudon Stampede, the official supporters group for Loudon United, and hosted by Adam Davis and Adam Mendelovitz. The executive producer is Mike Myers. If you'd like to be a part of our sponsorship, then hit the follow button and reach out. Cheers for now.